0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 29 of the Fitness Devil Podcast and today we have Peter Baker joining us. So Peter is a Tampa Bay-based personal trainer. We'll tell you a little bit more about him in the episode. We get into a bunch of cool stuff including how people tend to treat nutrition as religion. Get into a discussion there. We get into some mental health stuff in the fitness industry and, and how that's important uh and one of the big things is we get him on to talk about his um the fitness competition prep book that he wrote with Dr. Lane Norton. And that's about to be released. By the time you guys hear this episode, it should actually be available. That's an amazing piece of work. I've written it. Or sorry, I've written I've read it <laughs> and uh and it's super. And we also talk a bit about the importance of direct arm training for people who actually want to have big guns. So uh hopefully you guys really enjoy this episode. Stick around if you like it. Uh, we love reviews on iTunes, and uh, share with a friend. Thank you so much.
1: Shut up and sit
2: down.
0: <laughs> this is what sort I of think, although I do hear your voice on your uh, all of your various discussions in what, Old Seminole, uh, where you tag yourself in, down in Tampa? Uh.
1: Yeah, old Seminole Heights. Yeah. Uh, we actually had a serial killer here uh, not too long ago. It was great. <laughs>
0: Shit, we should uh, probably put that on the air. That's fantastic. Oh, <laughs> they,
1: they they caught the guy. So uh, actually, the last body they found was like two blocks away from where I live.
2: <laughs> what was his What was his profile like? Who, who was he killing? Uh it was dude. It was completely random. <laughs> It's good you didn't make the cut. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, I didn't go out at night or go to the bus stops, which is where he killed people. (laughs)
2: Jesus (laughs) Christ. Like, in terms of, like, if you're going to kill someone at random, like, that's a visible fucking place. And don't, like, buses... Do buses have cameras there? Uh... There were there was
1: footage of him, but it didn't amount to nothing like uh, eventually it was ballistics that got him because the guy wound up. The guy works at a McDonald's or he worked at a McDonald's in uh, Ybor City, which is not too far away from where we are. Also invented the Cuban sandwich there, uh, not in Miami. Um, So he someone saw that he had a gun and called the police. And like it was a very specific type of bullet from that gun that they found at the scenes of the crime in the body so that's how they got them.
2: sweet <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, you- usually usually we like intro guests but i actually think that this is that was a great intro to Peter Baker's like <laughs> mindset, and where he lives in town, but super crazy. Because you're it's actually recording right now. Yeah, people are just... gonna
0: love this shit about the serial killer. I was oh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. I was but just I, testing I, it I, out
2: because but... to see if the mics were working. But I, I don't even want to. I just want to continue doing the podcast. Like, this. fuck yeah, oh, this is fantastic. It's,
1: it's better than that stupid song idea you had. I can't even remember the song. I think it was, Butterfly, what, Crazy Town. Yeah, yeah you it's, posted it's way better than the P- way better than that. Peter
2: posts a lot of stuff on Facebook, and it's usually I, it's usually <laughs> inner workings of his brain that he just blurts out on Facebook. And he's like, you know that song Butterfly. He's like fucking hate it or something See, like that they, i'm like what they have a much I was, better song I, uh-huh. I
1: was uh i was i was sitting there fucking around on instagram yesterday i was looking through stories and uh of course because people still don't know how to like uh do things properly no nope. uh some someone was someone was sitting in she was sitting in her car and that fucking song was on and i was like gosh why this is not the year 2001 anymore like why am I still hearing this well, well, was like, and, the worst song and was in the she world, listening to
2: it or was it on the radio because like that's two different things like it shouldn't be on the radio like that's fucking atrocious
1: uh, well I mean it was coming through her radio speakers mm. I don't know if she was like it was a CD I don't know if it was on her phone or whatever <laughs> but uh, it was it was there and uh, you know and oh, man just, they had a better song you sing? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's uh, one that no one ever heard of. It's uh, Black Cloud, and Jay Gordon from Orgy sings part of it, too. And I love that version, that one. But yeah. So they have, overrated. They, have, they have
2: two songs, and basically that was like rock rap before it was like a thing, and then Limp Bizkit came out and made it not Butterfly, yeah. or the fuck well, that was. New well, metal, new the, metal. The,
1: song, the song originally was uh, from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was called Pretty Little Diddy, oh. and they just sampled that, and they put their terrible rap lyrics over it.
0: <laughs> and then they amounted to nothing, but... They got one song on the um, radio. At least one of them's dead. I think one of them showed up on one of those like celebrity rehab things. These guys are not... Uh Bastions of success, I don't think so. Well, guys, this is a, sort of a rambling introduction from Peter Baker. So if you actually don't know who Peter is, I'll actually throw him out really quickly. Uh, he is a Tampa Bay-based personal trainer, is writer, author, uh, and, well, it's just really cool to have you on here. Uh, he recently co-authored a book with uh, Dr. Lane Norton, so we're going to get into that. But uh, actually, one of the cool things that Peter and I were talking a little bit about leading up to this was Peter has an extensive education in religion. So, no, no, guys, we're not going to get too theological about God and whatnot. But <laughs> one of the things we deal with is in the fitness industry, a lot of people tend to treat nutrition with full-blown religious devotion. <laughs> I think you could put that mildly. You see religious zealotry, people feel the need to become, you know, feel a part of something or part of a tribe. And uh, so, Peter, from your perspective and your, your educational background, where does this originate from? How can it be beneficial, and where does this sort of indoctrination become problematic?
1: Uh, Well, the good thing about my degree is that uh, it was not predicated upon any sort of belief, which theology is. So I didn't get a a theology degree. I just did religious studies. So I got to study whatever I wanted, basically, and uh, maybe specialize if I wanted to. So that was pretty awesome. But – so – Way back when, right, uh, when, when people were codifying these beliefs and practices and rituals and all that, uh, they, they did it to answer questions. Uh, later on in life, this, uh, scholar named Paul Tillich called them the questions of ultimate concern. Like, you know, the shit that really matters in your life. Like, uh, you know, what's gonna happen when I die? Uh, you know, all that kind of important stuff. And, um, If you look at sociology and sociologists that studied religion, they broke it down into two camps. Uh, And usually it was like a, for them, it was like an either-or type thing. They did uh, what was called a functional definition of religion or a substantive definition of religion. So the substantive definitions of religion focused on what the religion was comprised of, like what they believed. The functional definitions focused on what purpose they served so to that end the, they took oh man a dog's barking that's my dog sorry um so to that end they took the functionality of religion and noted a like a, a trend and you know basically like you said community building uh you know having people there to answer those questions of ultimate concern so like you know when you know somebody close to you dies everybody's like oh it's gonna be okay let me know if you need anything and you know you get to community to help you out with the funeral and stuff like that and then later on especially nowadays like if you go to university you can take classes on religion and pop culture where they talk about these function the the functionality of religion and as it relates to uh like fandoms like star trek conventions star wars conventions and uh things like that and so with our our industry um like yeah you know uh people have this question of ultimate concern of Hey, uh, how do I lose weight, or whatever, whatever it is? It's pretty simple. But uh, it's like, and then you know, the people are like, "Oh, you should uh, eat this ketogenic diet because uh, Steve Gooser over there he lost hundred pounds on it, and it's great." And then they start spreading the gospel of it, and then converting people, and then they have adherents, and then they have, you know, <laughs> church services in the form of conventions and shit like
2: that. That's how it started, anyways. It's like literally a, a remap of the Bible. Yeah, the evangelicalists. they just go out and like, here's the good words keto, blah, blah, and then it just turns into. Yeah, it's the fuck not. It turns and,
1: into. I don't want to make fun of the keto people no. really too much because this happens uh, everywhere. This Zealots happens within training modalities too. Like, um, like the the old RKC people back in the day used to be pretty, um, pretty uh, zealous about things. I don't know if you guys remember those forums or not, but uh, but yeah, they they were too, and that was just the training modality more than anything about food. But yeah, the food stuff definitely does it.
2: Um, in terms of like, and even let's let's go there. So we're talking about nutrition and like religious zealotry, and we do see it within fitness disciplines, almost to the sense of what you're talking about—that greater sense of belonging, community. This can be a major positive, but in your opinion, do you think it can go too far? And like, just even some examples of that.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, like, so if I were too far entrenched into one camp and it prohibits me from helping out somebody who comes to me for advice because. If I'm stuck doing one thing and I can't help them figure something else out, then then yeah, I mean, that that fucks me up and I fucks them up too. Like, it it definitely doesn't help them because, you know, like, oh, you know, what if they don't want to eat slabs of bacon all day or, you know, what if they don't want to eat Pop Tarts and weigh out everything on a scale and all that stuff? Like,
2: if I can't help them do that, then I failed. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where it becomes a problem. Especially in, well, even training, uh, the RKC movement, that was, that was kettlebells. Am I? Uh, Yeah, for the most part, back in the day. Yeah, and like, they they would argue you can get all your training things into, but then, like, what happens to the person who can't even, like, attempt to do some of that
0: shit? Like, they just don't train? Well, I think you see that. And again, CrossFit's sort of low hanging fruit and easy to beat up on, but there's a whole bunch of modalities within CrossFit that the modality takes precedent over the person, and the expectation is that the person does it. Think about the, what is it, the overhead uh, American kettlebell swing, which I utterly despise. I think it's crap. And you're taking people (laughs) with poor thoracic mobility and you're having them do a ballistic swing of a kettlebell into fully overhead extension for people who probably can't even put their arms in that position anyway. And you're doing it loaded with weighted momentum. That's a great way to tear up someone's rotator cuffs. So (laughs) I'm a big believer in you suit the exercise to the person and not the person to the exercise. So that should be religion. We should just be zealotries of or zealots of fucking
2: being using your brain. Like, is that something well, you can it, be?
1: Well, the, the 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 problem is with ideologies is that you always have to have an enemy, and yeah. it, you know when you when you're actually sensible, there's really not an, stupidity is an enemy. But like, <laughs> I mean, there's really, the there's, really no, like, there, there's really no like there's uh, really no like us or them like to the degree of like you know like a hardcore vegan or a hardcore keto dieter or a clean eater versus a a flexible dieter and stuff like that so there's really less of a a defined line when people take moderate approaches from whatever happens to fit the person so it makes it um makes it a little bit more difficult to uh get as zealous about it i guess
0: well, you, st- you, you still see like ze- – like I don't want to call – because obviously you, you co-authored a book with Lane and Lane is notorious for battling all the keto zealots on social media. So I guess <laughs> Lane is kind of the opposite <laughs> end of that spectrum. But he himself is quite zealous about combating that misinformation or these people who pigeonhole themselves into one way is the only way. And it can sometimes, I guess, take on the same manifestations of that intensity. But I, I think at least he tries to show a measure of – being based in evidence and and not showing a great deal of bias. I think he's actually pretty good at that one. I think he's fucking yeah. with them sometimes. Like it's
2: hilarious. Oh, I think they're
0: fucking with him too. But <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want. Like I think some people
2: do it cuz they know what he's going to fucking say. And but then when he says it it makes him more f- famous and sells more shit. Like it's it's kind of like a good little circle there. <laughs> like- when he goes nuts on his stories, he's like this motherfucker, you fucking idiot! It's just like Jesus, and I go look at his background. He's like the smartest dude in the world, best language ever. <laughs> yeah, I can get pretty intense sometimes, but uh,
1: but yeah, that's that, uh, that's what I uh, that's what I like about uh, what I studied and
0: what um, what we um, what we do. I like making those comparisons. It's pretty nice. Do you think there's anything really? beneficial that you can take and say to our enthusiasts or, or, you know, certainly our trainers who listen about how they approach nutrition with their clientele, something that's going to be a positive, a takeaway when people are faced with uh, those people around them who are preaching ideology uh, sometimes very extreme or one size fits all type stuff. How, how do you guide someone into navigating, avoiding getting sucked up into some of the more extreme stuff?
1: Uh so are you saying like, let's say I got a friend who's a hardcore X and I'm like, and maybe you shouldn't be hardcore. X. How do I get them to not be, or how do I get other people to not fall for it?
0: I think more of the, <laughs> the other people to not fall for it because the people who have gotten firmly entrenched, we all know that arguing with them or trying to take them off of that ledge isn't an easy thing. They, and you argue with them, it tends to harden their resolve in that position. So it's more yeah. about, you know. Sort of protecting the people who are more vulnerable to being misled by those extremists.
1: Well, most of it comes down to uh, how you talk to people and uh, you have to figure out, uh, you know, we have to figure out who we want to reach and then reach those people the best we can. And then let, uh, hopefully, um, you know, let other people reach other people who are equally qualified reach whoever they're going to reach, if that makes sense. So like, uh, you know, like uh, Lane's approach, he's not for everybody. And... uh, you know, like, uh, we take, we generally pretty much agree on a lot of things and, you know, we just approach it a different way with the way we, um, we explain it and whatnot. And, uh, you know, some people really get into that dorky, uh, pub med stuff and, you know, good, good for them. That's, those are less the people I want to reach. I want to reach people who don't necessarily want to know the intricacies of the, the why of something, but, you know, give, give them a little bit, you know, but that way they can go on and live their lives do, and not be so entrenched in it in any way. And, you know, you I want them to, like the people I want to reach, I want them to make this stuff fit their life and not their life fit this, <laughs> if that makes sense.
2: Totally. Does do, Is a requirement, do they have to wear short shorts in their training to be <laughs> part of your um, tribe? Uh, no, that is not a requirement. I want people to wear whatever they're comfortable wearing. So you're not a zealot of short shorts. You're just like, be yourself. No, I, I I wear short shorts because
1: I I I like to.
0: But Peter, it's more about tight fitting pants versus. I would say short. it's it's Aaron on the side of zealotry. He put you're pushing them. I saw
2: the I've seen the posts. It's a little, it's a little zealot. He's like,
1: fuck yeah, you. well, you know, like uh, you know, I gotta wear my fly gym clothes whenever I go uh, to the gym.
2: You can do whatever the fuck you want. They're great. I like I like then, mid I like mid thigh. I don't do like super high, but I do like them above the knees. I hate when shit catches on my knees. Like
1: but I, you, know, I, you know who else? You know who else does the short shorts? Uh, Jay Ashman does. Oh, but yeah, but
2: <laughs> Jay Ashman would like. <laughs> Jay, Jay thinks he has like the biggest legs in, in the world. I hope. He's well, you know what's what's funny is too, is
1: like he, he he is he is very tall and he is a very intimidating looking guy. So when I was in Kansas City with him at the fitness summit last year, we were hanging out with the the stronger you crew before they, they left. Right. We were yeah. going to get a picture. So out of all the people that go up and ask somebody to take a picture, Jay goes up to like this elderly woman. And is like, Hey, could you take a picture <laughs> <laughs> out, of, out of all the people? Sarah was there. His you know his wife was there. And, uh, you know, Mike Dola probably should have been the one to ask because he looks like the most harmless guy in the world. <laughs> but no, it was, it was Jay and it was hilarious. And then we got a picture out of it. It was, it was a good time.
2: Yeah. Cause she was scared shitless. Was he, was he wearing, <laughs> was he wearing short shorts? <laughs> uh no i don't think so we went uh, we went and got like
0: some pizza or something like that uh we, we, we kept it pretty casual normal clothes you guys are probably doing that while me and god it was eric bach and uh, robbie farlow went and grabbed some barbecue and ran into greg knuckles and andy morgan like it's it's kind of ridiculous just the who's who of was at that event i can't wait for this one this year
1: yeah i drink a lot of whiskey there and hopefully i can go again and do the same thing
2: are you going this year it was, it was uh, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so.
0: We're there, so it'll all, be a lot of all fun. I
2: hear is drinking. So I'm like, well, good. I'm not yeah. not that I'm like a super big drinker, but like I could let loose
0: for a weekend. Alan Aragon will be up later than everybody else. He just keeps going. He's legendary. Yeah. So let's let's shift over into something else. You and I were talking about in advance of this too, and that's sort of the topic of mental health, which outside of a handful of fitness pros who do a really great job with it. We as an industry often reluctant, or people in general, reluctant to talk about it. And up here in Canada, we have this internet company I actually kind of despise. And I hate the whole fucking thing. It's like this hashtag blank talks. And it's this token virtue signaling sort of thing about mental health. But it's superficial bullshit. And everybody posts on their Facebook and no one does crap about it. But I recently wrote something about my own experiences uh, in part, to open a discussion for others who might feel kind of isolated alone. Some stuff that, you know, I deal with sometimes. Uh, and this received a positive expo- uh, response uh, with a lot of people in our industry sharing that experience. Why do you think it's so hard for many of us to open up about our emotional well-being, specifically when it isn't going very well? And why do we feel pressured to present this perfect image to our audience?
1: Well, I just think we want people to like us for the most part. Um, and if somebody finds a, finds it uh weak or vulnerable and hates us for it, that's a uh, pretty detrimental, but uh I don't know, me, uh I talk about it because, you know, people do listen to what I have to say sometimes and I think it might, you know, it, call me crazy, it might help somebody one day. You know, and just, you know, having somebody there talking about it and you know, just saying, hey, hey, we're not alone. Or, you know, somebody looking on could say, hey, I'm not alone.
2: Well, I wonder if it's like, I don't know. I think as fitness professionals, just because our job is theoretically to help people, is that I would assume a lot of people would think that if they present this. Image of where they are fucked up that they may not reach the people they need to be. And I think that it almost becomes the opposite as long as you're not like a total. I think it's
0: uh, some people misinterpret it as showing a sign of weakness. Yeah. It, it could be the same thing as, you know, not a discussion that maybe today we could do justice with, but the whole debate over whether or not uh, fitness professionals and personal trainers should be in shape, which is commonly debated. It's kind of, again, low hanging fruit, but. There's a lot of people in industry that do not feel that it's appropriate for a fitness professional to be, quote, out of shape. And there are nuances to that discussion. But I think people worry that it damages their credibility with everyone where we're supposed to have it together. We're supposed to be positive. We're supposed to be happy. Exercise is supposed to be an antidote to depression and anxiety and these emotional issues and i think if we were to show the world hey we're still struggling with these things despite our physiques and our, our our success in our careers then well shit maybe this stuff isn't the answer maybe it doesn't work Thoughts? well i mean nobody i think
1: somebody would have to be very irresponsible if they said yeah exercise will fucking cure your depression uh it probably <laughs> it probably, it probably helps a little bit. Like, uh I'm sure there's some research I've seen that says, hey, it's not a bad idea to exercise if you're depressed, but then you get to a point where, uh, you know, what if like and, you know, and this is something I read some somewhere recently, like um the side effects of an antidepressant sometimes are suicide. Not because it makes you depressed and want to kill yourself, but it'll actually give you the energy to actually kill yourself. I've which you didn't have to do. Which you uh, didn't have before, right? So if it takes, so you have, you know, uh, whenever you have a, a stressor in your life, a stimulus which is a stressor, you have a, um, you have three, you have three different ways you can deal with it. You have a mechanical, you know, like exercise. You have a chemical, which is, you know, uh, anything from food to drug use to, you know, even drinking water. And you have a psychological intervention you could take to uh, relieve the stressor, right, and resolve it. So if at a particular time, uh, a mechanical intervention is not going to help because, you know, you don't have the energy, then maybe it's time for a chemical intervention. So then you take your SSRI or whatever, and then you fucking go to the gym, and then you hopefully create a positive feedback loop.
0: What do you think about uh, people in the greater fitness and health industry sharing these bullshit memes about like a picture of outdoors. This is an antidepressant. Then a pile of pills. This is not an antidepressant. I kind of reminded that when we saw (laughs) Spencer (laughs) Nadolsky grab up David Avocado Wolf. And uh, so he got David Avocado Wolf on a video to say hi to Martin McDonald. And of course our community thinks that David Avocado Wolf is one of the biggest charlatans in the universe. (laughs) And yet Martin just, or sorry, uh, David just smiles and says hi to him, like he has no idea that he's part of an inside joke. So. Well, that's because that's because David's going to go home and, and roll in piles of money. Which I <laughs> yeah.
1: think the problem is the the, the problem is that um, we we look at yeah, and obviously um, that meme is fucking stupid. And <laughs> thankfully, I I I associate on on the internet with a lot of people who don't uh, typically share dumb shit like that. So I, I have it good in that regard. But the problem is, is when we look at people like. Uh, you know the 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 marketing guys who are completely wrong on their science, uh, we don't learn from that and make ours better. In fact, it's more of a detriment when some of the smartest guys in our industry uh, totally look down upon marketing, even though they have something great to offer the world.
2: Yeah, and that kind of comes down to even this whole we've talked about lots with social media and like the right information we put out there, and some of the smartest people that could make the biggest change aren't necessarily taking taking i guess the front lines of social media of being out there of marketing and they literally could have the biggest impact because they're 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 right and then they
1: and then they and and then and then they draw this ridiculously arbitrary like this line in the sand that they draw on how sleazy marketing can be is like it's almost as arbitrary as the size of the the size that the weight plates came to be and then how we (laughs) automatically take and how we automatically take that as the standard of where you have to deadlift, which I literally saw an argument about this the other day. They're arguing over hip extension, which can be something, you know, it could be a pretty big range of motion or something as little as yeah. like an inch. Like, uh, yeah, and they just, it's all, it's all uh, fucking arbitrary. And, 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 the, and they do that and then they're stifling their growth, uh, by not being positive and putting more like, of themselves out there for the, for the world to see
2: they just got to move their hands out a little bit and turn like, well, this I is, can't even get into those, like, the, fuck, how many times do I, every week I like, I'm like, I see this fucking stupid shit. They're like, everyone thinks they're so fucking smart. It's like it's a fucking squat or a deadlift. Like, D God, he gets,
0: gets twisted up about some stupid shit. Uh, Basically yeah. the
2: same thing that you're doing. It's arbitrary. It's like, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. Well, I don't we, we, get it.
0: We get fit pros who argue over minutia over really, really irrelevant crap that isn't really helping anyone. Uh, and, You know, I I perhaps got. I was guilty of this maybe in the past. I really try to steer clear of these kind of arguments now because I don't feel like they're productive, and I it it taxes our our emotional energy, puts us into a negative place. It does. does. It's the worst. (laughs) Like just now, I wasted ten seconds. Yeah, and and the other night, right? right Like uh,
1: I was, I was looking at a group. uh, uh, It was, of course, it was a, it was a, it was a conversation about. it was about the bench press arch and powerlifting, and oh, I got yeah. really high. I spoke like a fat bowl of reefer, <laughs> and uh, I'm just looking at this, and I was like, hey, is this going to be one of those things where some people say, hey, it's cheating, and other people say, hey, yeah. they're following the rules? Absolutely.
2: That, <laughs> that was the one recently. Was. That was the one like two days ago, and Yeah, I think someone yeah, said like thoughts. It's like... Like you're just opening up like the same fucking loop again, and I'm not gonna partake this fucking time.
0: It's, it's <laughs> not like, doing it. It's like the guys who like just freak the fuck out about sumo and being cheating. They spend so much mental energy on that. It's like guys who gives a shit. You know what? Really?
2: Even even my and I don't say it because I want and it's gonna come out here. It's just like you're worried about these fucking guys bench press. Like you bench 135. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> like you, you're not even in the realm of powerlifting competitively. <laughs> who cares? Yeah, like even when I even when
1: I did compete in powerlifting, my bench was pretty terrible, and I still had a terrible arch. So like, like you know, if, I just,
2: I just if you're that guy, like, like in terms of like like relative and context and power, like the guys who can say shit, like if you bench 440, you can you know what you can weigh in a little bit. Someone's gonna listen to you, but like. Pretty much 99% of people are weighing in,
0: like, don't even actually know how to bench press. Dean chose the number 440 arbitrarily because that just so happens to be his best bench press. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But I don't even get into it because I'm weak. I'm a
2: fucking weak person in terms of, like, what actual powerlifting, in terms of competitive powerlifting is. And people are worried about this dude who's like, he's, he was, like, 160 and bench 450 with, like, a huge
0: arch. Like, whatever. Like, who cares? (laughs) I actually think it's kind of cool when these tiny little Asian girls who are literally bent into yeah. a, a horseshoe with their backs and they're benching with about but like it's, a less than an it, inch and a half of range of motion. I'm like, That's it goes impressive. down to the arbitrary idea of the fact that like the bar has fucking little
2: rings that were just placed where they were placed, and now the rules are based upon it. Like it's a fucking rules issue. Like, fuck.
1: Did you ever? Um, did you ever read the, uh, the the encyclopedia of bodybuilding with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yep. Yeah
2: i i i know of it i've I've seen through it are you fucking kidding me you guys haven't read
1: that yet i I have
0: i I own the copy but i'm 30 so
1: anyways anyways i'll berate you for not reading that later on
0: but there's
1: a there's (laughs) a part in that book where he talks about like uh you know doing everything you can to win as long as it's legal and one of the things uh, he had this nice little chapter on psyching your opponent out and if you if you read it he says uh there's nothing wrong with taking advantage of your opponent's psychological weakness. Uh, you, you have to read it in his voice too. But like you know, it, it all comes down to that. You know, do whatever you can to make an efficient time in the sport. Absolutely, and you know, follow follow the
2: rules. When I was playing, I you can depending on what the rules are. It's like speeding. It's not speeding if you don't get caught. Yeah, <laughs> so like, if people are always going to push that boundary. It's like in football when I'm covering a receiver. Like you're not supposed to hold them, but I'll hold them like every time. <laughs> Like, it's just like it's just there's unwritten rules like they're gonna arch as fucking high as they can because that's what you do. Yeah, and as
1: long as their uh their ass and shoulders are on the the bench, that's fine.
2: Yeah, there's our argument. See, we got back in that loop. Okay, fuck this. Um, <laughs> thoughts on again, we let's go back to image and this like whole idea of being happy, perfect on social media, like freaking peter has this great luscious life in tampa where he's hanging around serial killers but then other people have like they're like the strongest people they just eat right do all this shit blah, blah 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 how does this affect people who are already struggling to find happiness with the idea that we know most of that or at least a lot of it is contrived
1: well uh you know i, I think if people weren't so quick to compare themselves to others it would be a lot easier but that's just who we are you know it's just yeah. how we roll and it's um It's a hard, a hard habit to uh, to break, you know. Comparing yourself to others, but uh, you know, everybody just has to realize that you have a unique history; it's all your own. So, to an extent, we are all special snowflakes. Yeah. uh, You know, in that we have a lot of similarities, but we also have a lot of differences that make us unique. And uh, you know, you just got to reinforce that and repeat it to yourself. That way, you don't get in the trap of comparing yourself to someone on the uh, the gram.
2: What What about like? And we go back to this idea of like the smart people are supposed to put good information out. Do you think it comes to us as fitness professionals just like ethically and morally to kind of put out, I guess not crafted images, but more real images? Or is that kind of just it's part of the game?
1: Uh, I don't know. I just put out the real stuff. When I started being more real uh, to who I was, like, yeah. you know, business business was a lot better after that. You know, when I started talking about how much marijuana i smoke and on a given day and stuff like that and the and the fact that i uh you know take testosterone uh twice a week and whatnot like nobody seemed to give a shit and uh people tend to like me more
2: when they you you speak about getting high but like a lot of the posts i'll interact with you is like when you're taking some stupid video high on instagram i'm just like jesus peter (laughs) But it gets it probably gets a reaction, and like again, I guess you get you you appeal more to the people you want to work with at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, and and actually, it's funny enough those videos I do, uh, I am never high. I don't I don't I don't <laughs> I don't get high until the very end of the night because I don't want to blow my macros on you know eating sour gummy candies over the sink. Uh, so you know I wait until it's the last thing I do, and I just lie down and uh, I'll throw on some Harry Potter or some shit, and I'll just fall asleep.
2: So basically, you should be like the guru on like. Macros when you're high, or like how to like kind of shift your diet or your macros to perfect points. Like that could be something. I don't know if that's. I guess it depends on what state you're in.
1: There's a uh, well, you know, uh, I am not in a state where it's legal uh, as of now. But um, uh, there's actually funny. There's a there's a there, there's a there's another guy who's uh who, he lives in Canada. He um, of He talks about the same shit all the time. His name's uh on on Instagram, it's Wolf. I think his name is Kane. <laughs>
2: Okay, not familiar
1: with him. <laughs> No, the dude's the dude's hilarious and the dude's awesome. But he talks about like uh you know, uh getting high all the time and you know, why he uh eats the way he does and stuff like That's hilarious. And he's he's a pretty smart guy too. You check him out. Actually, I'm after look this. At them. We're a little
0: more uh, legally and socially permissive, I think, about uh, marijuana up here. We, our current government is the one good thing they may actually do in this term, if they get it successfully done, is to uh, decriminalize marijuana. So we'll see. He, he has
2: 114,000 followers. Fuck. I've never just...
0: heard of him. Well, then again, actually, regardless, like, so he's. Insta famous, but still, if he's funny, he's probably worth a follow.
1: Yeah, well, you know, he's a, he, you know, he's been training people since, like, the fucking 90s. He's almost, like, 50 years old.
0: Super jacked too. Yeah, like he's super know. jacked.
2: We're just gonna put, yeah. like don't go look at Peter Baker's. This guy's just like a more jacked version <laughs> of
0: Peter, with a way that cooler with
2: a way cooler <laughs> name.
0: I, I'm actually hoping anyone listening to this who is just being introduced to Peter and not like no. Peter's, Peter's family who listen to this out of sympathy for him. Uh, but the people will actually go follow Peter. Peter's really funny on his social media. He's got a lot of really good content. I think it so. goes
2: down to the whole point of I guess be yourself because again, you're going to appeal to people you need to, but it's that whole idea of, I would say ethically morally, you aren't contriving things so that people will follow you. So that ends up being, yeah. you're doing a service to the industry, I would say more so than some of the people who are lying.
1: Yeah. So here's a, here's a, here's a good example. Actually, um, I had, um I had a potential and she actually became a client. Uh, she approached me and uh, she was struggling with, she was struggling with, um, you know, the, almost the zealotry of, the way things are because, you know, she came from a uh, when she started lifting, it was all about, you know, like five by five, add weight on the bar, blah, blah, blah. And uh, she felt almost like a little bad because she wanted to have nicer arms. And I was like, hey, it's OK to be you and have nicer arms. And then we did just that. and It was great. And now she doesn't uh, feel bad anymore. and She likes herself more because she, you know, just took her a bit to convince her to do whatever the hell she wanted to do. What was hers to do at that particular time? So,
2: so hammering on that point, like, you're, I'm not going to say you're the arm guy, but, like, lately, you've been talking about the importance of direct arm training for the goal of, well, bigger arms, funny enough. Can you k- care to elaborate on this for uh, our listeners?
1: Well, you know, it's like, uh, and, and this goes back, and this goes back to shit that I've seen on, like, forums years back. Uh, somebody would ask how to do something, right? Like, uh, and let's say it was, in this case, bigger arms. And it was always like, you know, it was always don't curl, do other things that also recruit the biceps, but maybe not as a prime mover. So, uh, you know, people would throw out like dumbbell rows and, and chin ups and stuff. Now, I'm a fan of both of those things, right? I'm a huge fan of that because, you know, who doesn't want to get some sick lats? But, you, you know, like your your body, lays, you, you build muscle along lines of stress, Right. Why would you not add in extra arm volume by doing some goddamn curls? Just why, why would you not? Like there's there's no shame in it, right? You can still get strong. You can still get a heavy deadlift. You can still get some sick lats and get strong at pull-ups and uh, dumbbell rows and barbell rows. You could also get bigger arms at the same time. I still do a direct like, arm like,
0: trading day. I love it.
1: Yeah, like, wh- why wouldn't you, right? And, uh, you know, one of my coaches, fucking uh, Brian Cron, of course, uh, You know, he's all about that direct arm days. And he has like eight of them every, every week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brian's actually one of the smarter guys. Once I started really following in into his work, uh, he's actually one of the smartest, most practical guys in the industry. And we should uh, probably talk about maybe getting him on here because I met him in Kansas City. He's a really nice guy. He's super nice and uh, extremely modest. Uh, whenever you meet
1: him in real life, compared to how he acts on, on Facebook. But no, I like Brian. He's a good guy.
0: Well, he's actually not very far but, from uh, but, us. We're in Edmonton, and he's down in Calgary, so he's literally a two and a half hour drive away, breaking some speed records. Oh,
1: nice! But but yeah, like and uh, you know that's another thing. You know, like working under him, you know, like having him as a coach is, you, you know, he he brings about that kind of simplicity uh, to it all because you know we, we tend to overcomplicate. Uh, training in general but it's it really doesn't have to be that complicated right so i mean the simplest answer if you want to work on something is to work on that thing so yeah train your fucking arms if you want nice arms now if you're cool with uh not you know working the arms directly and you know then then don't do whatever else you want to do
0: I love direct arm training and, you know, again, we have a lot of trainers, fitness professionals listen to this stuff. And I think there's a tendency, like you said, away from doing that into more, quote, functional stuff. And guess what? If you walk around with a set of arms that maybe some women like this too, but guys certainly where you're stretching t-shirts a little bit, trust me, that's pretty functional in everyday existence. <laughs> well, uh, the,
1: the one thing that changed my uh, perspective
0: too was uh, one of my first coaches, a guy named
1: Frankie Fairs. He said the function is to move right so the, the function of your your elbow joint is to flex so
0: you know sometimes you should train it yeah, not,
1: train it if you want to
0: nah, i'm down with that and again stronger biceps are going to aid in all these primary movements anyway you have strong biceps it is going to assist your row it is going to help with your pull-ups and your chin-ups and well fuck it's going to be useful in your bench press too so this is just accessory work for the functional crowd and you know there's nothing wrong with actually training for aesthetics this is something that I think for a while, our industry kind of felt like, it was, oh, it's a bad thing. You, you shouldn't talk about it or You shouldn't be all about training for aesthetics. Well, it's actually probably one of the most honest and purest motivations that we have to work out is to look good. Having aesthetically pleasing arms is part of looking good for a lot of people. So just dispense with this whole notion that, oh, you shouldn't directly train your biceps or do curls or it's not functional or it's a waste of your time you know it's what you want out of it and it can be an incredibly valuable use yeah. of your time if you value no, no, it, that appearance
1: and, and then like uh, in, in a more serious note let's say you get to a point where god forbid uh, maybe you get into an accident or um, you injure yourself and then what if that's all you can do then what are you going to do you are just going to not do it just because it's not uh, functional like no you. Well, hopefully if you're smart you're going to go and you're going to fucking do whatever you can
0: I absolutely agree with that. So
2: sorry, that's my keyboard. Yeah, we
0: Is typing at god only knows why our, our
2: Jor- Jordan Syatt. So I I can I can add this in. Yeah, I had a little Instagram story being like, you know, we're doing Peter Baker and Jordan Syatt. Like, who's better? Like, obviously, I I totally threw Peter on the bus and said he's a loser but jordan just messaged me he's like oh i'm going to be like 10 15 minutes late you know gary v's massively late so i was like just bring gary v on just threw it out there <laughs> i said lol cuz i was joking but maybe oh my god it's not fucking happening no of course not uh, <laughs> yeah, I, just I got the email uh, I, I too feel, so. i feel
1: like i'm i feel like i'm going to be uh, a, a little um, Mote of mediocrity because you had leon last week or actually that comes out today yep. but then you got
0: jordan they're yeah, both but uh, we're, pretty we're, awesome we're and talking then, pretty casually this one's been pretty sick we're so. also smashing so what we're going to do is we're going to smash yours in between jordan science and dr spencer Nadolsky afterwards so you're going to be our goal smash is right in like, the middle there we
2: feel like jordan will bring like a lot of people and then they're going to go right to you and it's going to be like boom you're going to get more listeners and then everyone's going
0: to jump on peter's train God, man, that would that would uh, that that would be great. All four hundred thousand of his followers you, are going to be. You bring yours. all that, leading right into Spencer, because Spencer could use the bump. Yeah, and because no one follows him, and
2: then we're all going to be very Instagram famous. It's probably not going to work.
0: Which but. is
1: Dean's more, ultimate motivation. More people, more people should follow Spencer. Uh, if not, just for the fact that he's a very good-looking guy. Like he's probably one of the best-looking doctors, like I've ever seen in my life, with the exception of the uh, hot Korean lady who was. Um, uh, at the the medical center whenever i almost joined the military years back she looks better <laughs> does than she Spencer, have an instagram
2: i might as well look her up too i don't a... i
1: you know i i don't know i didn't ask this was before instagram actually oh, came out
2: damn it i was like we could just yeah, lead like, everyone I'm to I'm all old, peter's crushes <laughs> no I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm old, how so old yeah are, like i I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm either 150 or
1: 32 you, you pick
0: you're only 32? Okay. Andrew's still the this. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, 40. My, uh, my, my, I'll be 40 in 12 my, my, days. So that fucks up people.
2: My tattoo
1: artist the other day said I looked 28. So that was like really flattering.
2: <laughs> I feel like he was just buttering you up because it was going to suck. Nah, she was delightful. She was good. It,
1: it, it was like honestly one of my favorite tattoos now that it's healing and looking nice. Yeah. And guess, uh, yeah, I,
2: you would have got it right after mine because I think I was, we were setting up this meeting and I was in the tattoo meeting when we were setting this up. Mm.
1: Nice, yeah, nice. Yeah, and plus, I, I think more people should get tattoos in general because they make you look cooler than yeah. if you don't have
2: them. It's totally a horrible life decision if you're trying to like get a house or like save up money, but like they're awesome.
0: Totally I know more. Of, yeah, know and people w- are walking around with more money in their tattoos than they are in. Oh, well, totally. They <clears> their, their car,
2: paycheck the paycheck, but like have like twenty thousand dollars worth of work. <laughs> but that's fine. Whatever. Yeah like make your whatever it's life
1: it's in, it's their money they can do whatever they absolutely, want absolutely
2: <laughs> i'm totally in agreement with that i waited till i had enough money because I, I knew it was gonna be expensive and i didn't want to like like have a shitty piece of work because i was being cheap so i was like i don't just take my money i'm gonna do it. oh
1: and, and if anybody in tampa is listening her name is amanda banks at uh blue devil tattoo if anybody wants to go get a tattoo there because like seriously like uh i i um i hung out with lee and i sent them flowers for their hospitality right and they sent me a picture back of one of the flowers and i was like man i should get that tattooed because that's a really good picture and i did and it looks great
0: so you, flower, like you can be a guy get a tattoo of a flower and like, still be a man so it's, well i choose it's spider-man as yeah.
2: like i have but that's oh well, well, yeah you could
1: you could uh you can do whatever you want and, and yeah. still be a man uh speaking of that uh Speaking, well, for one, uh, business also started getting better when I started dressing as uh, DC comics on Harley Quinn. Which brings me to why the <laughs> fuck you guys hate Batman?
2: So, like. I don't hate Batman. This I, is I don't evil. even hate. So, this is my story. And, like, so Danny Vega, he was on Power Rack Strength with me when we were on there, and we'd always talk comics, and, like, he loved DC, and I loved Marvel. He's like, man, just go read some fucking DC. And, and like, I did, and it, it's good. Like, DC's fine. It's just Marvel's so much better. And then Batman. Is just kind of that Superman and Batman are just like the main characters and like Superman's fucked. Like that makes no fucking sense. Like, well, let's just make a superhero with all the shit. And then Batman has none of the shit. And he's just like, well, we'll make him rich. And anyways, long story short, they're just like not superhero. It's like, su- like, I don't know. Fuck it.
0: Well, Marvel made their own Batman. in the But form of for Iron the Man. Instagram I thing,
2: first. I needed something. Cause like, we're talking all these Instagram people who like blew up from infographics. I'm like, I'm fucking, I'm going to do fucking infographics. Like if they can fucking do it, I can do it. And I, I just couldn't do it the way they did it. They was just like super like playful and like these normal characters. I'm like, I'm just going to, I think I called you and I was like, I'm doing, yeah. I'm going to do superheroes. Is that like, do you think that'll be cool? And I asked Carter, he's like, yeah, that'd be sweet. So I just did it because it makes sense in my brain that I have to have some sort of humor or something. Cause it's easier to write. Especially the content, and I was just like, fuck it, I'm doing it. And then I did it, and then people actually reacted to it, because I truly feel like Spider-Man's way fucking better than Batman. And Batman's, he's in the dog, because he's a dumb fuck. So... (laughs)
1: I mean, I actually like the infographics. I just hate that you guys hate Batman.
2: Well, I don't even. I think at this point, it makes sense to hate something because then you get that zealotry on either end, and then they all like either
0: hate or like it, and it goes viral. Like. That depends on which version of Batman. If it's Val. No, Val Kilmer's Batman's sort of passable. Clooney's Batman's terrible. But that's what I mean. I like the
2: Dark Knight, like, like fucking. Christopher better Nolan's better
0: Batman's because it's Christopher Nolan. Fuck, fuck Christian yeah. Bale, but like. Christopher Nolan's interpretation of that entire universe—that shit's good—and then we get into the Batfleck. It's like, a, but I, I like I like, like
2: Ben Affleck though. So like Ben Affleck, I think is a great Batman. It's just the fucking Batman. Yeah, he was he,
0: he was a, he was a pretty good Batman.
2: I, I mean, think I'm he's why. I mean, I still I still like Michael Keaton myself. Oh God, he's the best. You know,
0: he's still the best.
1: Like like uh, he, he uh, I don't know. I think he, I think he just captured his shit. I still watch. I still watch the old Tim Burton Batman's, and they're on Netflix right now. So is Val Kilmer and George Clooney, by the way. If you guys want to go and watch that too, but uh, I wouldn't recommend it.
2: They just tried to do the whole James Bond thing. It just didn't fucking work. Like we'll have a different.
1: uh, Yeah, it's 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 not it's not. uh, Yeah, yeah, but Batman one or the original Batman and Batman Returns were pretty pretty goddamn good. Like I I was a big fan.
2: It's one of those things though, where it's easy to at, at this point comics. And, like, superheroes are a thing now. And it was always a thing for me before it was a thing. So it's easy to just create my it, – it goes back to that whole idea of be yourself. Because at the end of the day, I can't be some contrived bullshit, like, super happy-go-lucky, these nice little characters saying all this shit. is like, it's going to be Spider-Man and Batman or some form of that. And yeah, man. Yeah,
1: like, can you can you imagine, like, speaking of, of Jordan's sight, like, if somebody tried to rip his personality off, oh, they would utterly
2: fail. Absolutely. They would utterly fail at it. Like he basically did like, the whole thing. Like he he has the smile. He, like we talked about. We were talking about this early. Earlier was that Jordan's side has the like he's the baby face king. Like you can't be mad at Jordan because a he's super happy and he's super nice. And like what are you gonna say bad about him?
0: There's not much. You like go. you're not
2: strong. And then he's like, oh, I actually deadlifted four times the body weight. Yeah. And regardless of whatever records. Jordan says, like you can't really knock him because then you're an asshole for making fun of the nice dude. <laughs> but,
1: yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, and it helps too because the guy knows his stuff. And like you said, he's. You know he's 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 pretty damn strong too. Like uh, he set a couple records, and you know he's generally an awesome guy. <laughs>
2: before Let's, I even knew who he was, like I I knew who Carter was before Jordan, and just whatever. And I was like, huh ah, is he like is he does he train all this stuff? And Andrew's like, yeah, he actually like trained at West Side. Like, he trained at fucking
0: West Side. Like instantly awesome. Yeah, he was a teenager at West <laughs> so, oh, oh, there's a doggy. And then he went yeah. on to intern at Cressy Sports Performance. Being like, this man has legitimately done a lot of cool shit. And of course, uh, he's also coaches Gary Vaynerchuk, which yeah. is not So, funny.
2: Peter, what have you fucking done? <laughs> well, he's, training,
0: he's coached Lane Norton. Okay. And mm-hmm. speaking of strong people and, he's you know, Deadlift four recept- times his
2: body weight. I'm trying to make a case for him on Instagram so people can go back. We did. I this. only have deadlifted three times my body weight. You know, that's good. Uh, that's actually, impressive. That's very respectable. Very. And uh, that
1: was uh, – and actually, it's funny because the uh, last time I did that uh, – the last competition i did was five years ago yeah and uh and uh then that same belt i actually wound up giving lane because he needed belt and uh it was a really good belt and i stopped powerlifting, and i was like yeah fuck it i don't need it and so yeah that was that
2: you gave it to lane yeah. Oh, so basically you're paid. you're the reason why Lane's successful. Like that makes sense. <laughs> the belt. No, and I would I would
1: go that far. But he actually <laughs> insisted on uh, paying for the belt too, which was also very nice of him. Like uh, I was like, dude, just
2: fucking keep it. It's just a belt, it's you like know. Hundred dollar belt. Like that's very used. <laughs> Ten months. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how you want it, right? Because yeah. you want it used. You don't want
1: like nobody wants to break in a new belt. That shit is that it, is it's hard. That is a. L- it's a lot of work. You have to beat the fuck out of it. My to make lever it like, belt right. still
2: isn't – like my 13-mil lever belt still isn't broken in. Like my my pronged one is but like – and that's been years. Yeah,
1: um, exactly. And uh, you know, I like um, – gosh, man. I, I think I might have at one point uh, folded it up and ran it over with my truck a little bit. <laughs> like, uh,
2: Yeah, that's I, that's I actually got... what you're supposed to do. You like warm it up and like they say microwave – not microwave. Yeah. Was it microwave? Anyways. There's metal on it. I don't think that's a good no, idea. No, but you take everything out and microwave it. But yeah, anyways.
1: I, I, yeah. yeah, and I think I got that from a Dave Tate article, and uh, you know, it was a good belt, and you know passed it on, and so, uh, shit, he probably still has it. I don't know. I'll have to ask him next time I see it. That's a
2: good tip for our listeners, though.
0: Well, <laughs> I'm trying to steer the conversation towards Lane because well, one of the reasons why we wanted to chat with you was because you just co-authored uh, a really awesome yeah. evidence-based uh, fitness competition prep book with Lane, and I've read it. It's incredible. Uh, it's totally a game-changer. It's the first of its kind in the industry. So why is this such important piece of work and to get it into hands of the masses and why did it take so long for someone to create a mainstream product to dispel a lot of this traditional bro coach peak week, bullshit nonsense all that's out there?
1: Uh, you know, I don't know, but um, I, I don't know why it took so long, but you know, I've been writing for, for his website for, for a good while now. And uh, every once in a while they'll do, you know he'll he'll send out things like hey uh, you know he'll send it out to a lot of us and he'll say hey you guys got anything good and i just sent him a text right because he's local to me right i just met him at the gym one day before i knew he was an internet famous guy <laughs> and I, I was i was doing box squats and he said hey your box squats are heavy and they're to depth and i'm like well yeah why the fuck else would i do them you know like <laughs> like like what's the point of doing box squats we're not going to do them like that and uh yeah, I mean, I didn't say it like that. I wasn't a dick. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. And the uh, head's like, hey, let me use your safety bar. And he's like, yeah, just put it back whenever you're done. I was like, oh, that's cool. And, uh, you know, and so I met him then. And then I was like, oh, you're kind of an internet guy. It's like, you're on the YouTube and, and all that stuff. And, and that's when I found out. And then later on, that's when I started doing the writing for him. And then he sends out the call for articles. I'm like, uh, I'm like, bro, why don't you just why don't you just write a book? We can we can do a book. It'll it'll be great. And, and then uh, he, he's like, yeah, let's meet up and talk about it. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. And then uh, he's like, let's do it on contest prep. And you know, at uh, if you take away the chapters in the book about like uh, you know waxing your asshole and tanning and all that stuff, uh, <laughs> really, really, it's just the ins and outs of like fat loss and like what to expect whenever. You know, you want to take it to a bit of an extreme, but, you know, like, if you, you skip those other, like, highly specific chapters, you have, like, a pretty good resource that I think, like, a lot of people could potentially understand.
2: Well, and it's 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 not – I would say it's not for people just doing contests, like you said, like, whatever it's – if it's a us school where you're doing a photo shoot, which I'm happening to do. And it's one of those things where like that has crossover to a lot of people just because if you're getting into diet, if you have some sort of end goal, it could just kind of make the process a little bit more, I guess, interesting.
0: Well, I think that if you are a one of the trainers and coaches, do we lose them? Nope. No, No, we still got them. Okay, cool. If you're one of the trainers and coaches who doesn't even deal with prep, you should still read this book because like they said, it is a brilliant piece of work on the... How to lose fat, how to maintain lean muscle mass while you're going through that process. It is full of like valid scientific, practical stuff. If yeah, and worse, then like
1: you, you, go, go you ahead.
0: know, and you could you could you could take
1: what you know works for you, and uh, you know, like obviously you don't have to get to single digit body fat if you don't want to, but the it's there, and like uh, you know, it tells you how to do just that if you want to keep on going, and how to do it, you know, safely and and stuff like that, because you know a lot of those other things where people are. Uh, you know, depleting water and using diuretics and stuff, you know, that could, you know, that could that could cause harm. We we don't want to, we don't want that.
2: Well, and that goes to like, who is this book not for? And like, that's an honest question because like, it could be it's you could give dynamite to someone who isn't. <laughs> it's not right for. So like, who who is it not for? And th- that's like a real question.
1: I mean, it, you are gonna learn stuff, right? And you will have to, you know, like if you if you plan on like coaching yourself to compete, you're gonna have to like do math and stuff like that. And if and if you just want to not think which is fine right you know sometimes people sometimes people hire coaches so they don't have to think about shit and you know just hey here's your training program and then you know you you interact with your coach a little bit and then you, you know they fix it and whatever but uh you know like um it tells you how to fish so if you don't want to fish which is fine you know then then it's not for you
2: yeah i don't know why i was thinking my brain's fucked today Talk about religion. It was like teach a man to fish. What's the what's the Jesus quote? <laughs> <laughs> you teach a man. Give a
0: man a fish. You feed him for a day. You teach a man a fish. You feed him for a lifetime. I tend <laughs> to use that term more in and along the lines of. Politics, I wanted to use it and didn't it didn't come out because
2: he's a religious studies <clears throat> major. Major. I took uh, yes.
0: I took religious Agreed. studies for my minor. Funny enough, I loved it. It's like a history. Yeah, it was class. fun. So oh, that's just it, it. As long as you don't get into theology, like Peter said, it's oh new. you have to it's, argue it's with about, people in it's, theology though. It's There's, history. Well, I mean, crazies do go to those classes for sure. Like I had a few.
2: But who else But
1: uh, but but yeah. So like that. That's who I would say it's it's not for uh, you know like and that's completely okay. But some people you know like uh, a lot of coaches have, have uh, purchased it already. You know because they want to learn stuff so they can help their people do it right. And you know I think that's. I think that's important too, is just giving the information to people who are going to like use it to, you know, steer people in the right direction, and that's completely awesome.
2: When it goes back to so the I'm glad, idea. like,
1: yeah. So I was to say I'm like glad those types of people are buying it, and, you know, into it and stuff.
2: When that goes to making your mark on the fitness industry and like I guess doing your, obviously it's self-serving, like you're making money off of it, but you're putting out the right information because it's, it's, it's scientifically based and you're putting it in the hands of people. So that information is at the forefront more so than some of the other bullshit. So good job, yeah. man. Cool. I, hope,
1: I appreciate that. Thank you. I hope you get super
2: rich off of it. <laughs> so
1: yeah. I'll do my best. And I, and I, I do also have uh, other stuff I'm going to release this year as well. So be on the lookout for that.
2: Any teasers? Uh, butt program.
0: <laughs> Shocking. You and John Romanello should get together and do something for butts.
2: Does it have the wax in probably... the whole portion, whatever? You... <laughs> you
0: no, this is just a... butts and mental so health.
2: Basi- <laughs> so, so basically, right? Um,
1: you know, like uh, if you want, um, you, you know, like if you want a bigger butt, you got to have a lot of volume, and I, you know, some people tend to neglect the volume on that, or they put it towards something like a squat, which doesn't necessarily build uh, you know, uh, uh, the glutes as uh, well as other things can. So you just take whatever, the, you just take this program that I'm going to do for 12 weeks and you tack it on to whatever your workout is. And then, you know, it's only about 15 to 30 minutes extra. And then, you know, it's a bunch of, uh, glute volume. And then, you know, it, it works. I had a few people try it and they loved it.
0: I'll talk to uh, – link up with Dean Somerset because he does all this stuff with hips and him and Tony Gentilcore have that hip and shoulder thing. So talk to Dean and then you take care of the kind of the glute and the ass part and he takes care of the, the internal workings of the, the hips stuff. and you've got a product. The butt stuff. Yeah, okay. I actually I actually did mention it to him because I actually <laughs> talked to him uh, the other day about shoulder
1: stuff because I got, I got things going on that uh, I need fixing. So nothing too crazy. Just just a little bit of stuff.
2: Well, he's the smart. He's the, he's, he's the guy. Which one, Tony or Dean? Uh, i was talking to dean yeah. but dean's dean's a pretty smart guy yeah. i like dean yeah thanks man oh other dean <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, we, like we, you guys are
2: cool you,
0: you're, you're cool to, too i mean to change uh, your name. i'm
2: not dean's fucking on like he's like a level he's like a super saiyan smart I'm like fuck i i got a ways to
0: go. <laughs> i can't help but go to because i've done a lot of his continuing ed work um in his courses and stuff because we used to work for the same company so i get a shit ton of it for free like fucking like amazing but uh, you can't help but walk out of the room and just feel a little stupider after being around Dean just like man there's no way you can keep up with the level of like how much shit this guy knows but after some time you realize how much you actually absorb of it yeah and uh, that's why it's cool and you know, that's why
1: uh, that was one of the highlights of actually the fitness summit last year was watching him speak
0: he's a very very polished public speaker he's really practiced at it oh yeah he's
1: he's very good But yeah, so that's that's what I got going on basically in the upcoming months, uh, along with um, the complete contest prep guide. Nice.
0: Well, speaking of that, uh, well, we can just let our listeners know where they can find you on social media, your website, and work and stuff like that. Dean is looking upset because I stole his question. You can ask the book question. uh, uh, You can uh, you can ask the book question. It's in the wrong order. Okay, I don't care. Okay, where do we (laughs) find? Yeah, where Where do we find you? Because we're talking about your shit. So that's true.
1: My uh my Instagram
0: is Peter D Baker,
1: all one word. And uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, just Peter Baker. Like, use my personal profile because the business page is terrible. (laughs) I don't want to do anything with it.
0: Well, fuck, what's the point now with Facebook anyway? They they hide them with the algorithm, so I – Well, yeah, I mean, obviously you use it to run ads and shit like that whenever you're ready, but,
1: uh, you know, which I will do. uh, But, you know, right now, yeah, I just post all the good stuff, mostly on Instagram now and a little bit on the Facebook. The Facebook just, you know, for me, uh, talking shit whenever I get high, which is
2: funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, that's the only shit that picks up. Like, at, like I don't know. It's it's messed up unless you ask something like obscure, like some sort of question. I guess that's part of the algorithm to spark conversation. But like normal stuff that to spread, even to spread this podcast won't do shit. Andrew will ask some question or tell a story and then be like, hey, does anyone know anything about this? Or like talk about mental whatever. It was illness or something. Thousands of people see it. It's just like.
0: Or put up like one of the two pictures of me without my shirt off that exists on the internet. And that one blew up. Yeah. So like you, they basically. Yeah.
2: Basically, you need to talk about crazy shit or pert naked pics on. So. Works for the girls. So so, are you going to so ask him about books or what? I guess. Um, every, I, I can even do it like Andrew does. He's like, every one of our readers had a book that impacted <laughs> their life. In your collection, do you have any books that hold special meaning in your heart that you think would benefit other people who are listening to this podcast? See,
0: that was really good. You did good with that. I
1: tried. Oh, God. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you. Fuck yeah! Someone I, I thought Jordan was gonna be the actually Jordan's is gonna be before yours. Hunter S. Thompson. No one has given a fiction
0: book. No, that's not true. I think there's been one or two. Uh, uh,
1: if you talk to like a guy like Robbie Farlow or somebody, uh, he'll probably name a fiction book because I don't, I don't, think, I, I, I don't I'm pretty sure. I well, sometimes, some, sometimes he fucks off, but uh, Roman <laughs> will probably name a fiction book too, because um, you know, like we, we learn a lot from fiction. It tells Absolutely. us how to build stories, so we can, so we can connect to our people. But for me. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson is the sole reason I ever decided to start writing anything at all.
2: I was going to say, like, what, what's the story brand of fucking Fear and loathing in Las Vegas? What's he the
1: guide for? Like, uh, I don't know, man. It was just It was one of the first books that made me laugh out loud. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know, man. It was just good writing. And I was like, man, this is a good story. I'm going to. I should I should probably do this because you know it made me laugh. Maybe I can make other people laugh, and the, so yeah, that's how I started I writing it all.
2: I haven't read the book. Um, I've seen the movie, but it was one of those things where, like, I actually I, I was probably
0: like twelve or something. What's ether? Like when they came out? Like where can I get there's, ether? There's nothing more depraved than a man in the depths of an ether binge. <laughs> like, yeah, you probably don't want to do ether. <laughs> no, and I didn't. I
2: didn't end up finding what I wanted at twelve, like or whatever the age I was, like. <laughs> i don't think i got anything out of it but i wanted it i still haven't found it. i'm not looking actively if anyone's asking but. well
1: that's good but uh yeah you know and uh it, you know I, I just i don't know just something about it really resonated with me um and uh so you know it's just one of the best books of all time he said it was better than the great gatsby and as good as the sun also rises i might actually go that's hunter s that. thompson saying that yeah no you you definitely should it's uh it's it's fantastic and uh I, you know, I'm a big fan of a lot of fiction that, um, Heart of Darkness, even though it was not well written, uh, it's a great story. Uh, and that's probably one of my favorite stories too, or you could just watch the movie Apocalypse Now because it is Heart of Darkness adapted and told like, you know, it's like it's fucking awesome. It's like one of the best movies of all time.
2: Well, I need some fiction stuff. I got some vacation time coming up. So I might, I'll pick up that. I I want, honestly, I wanted to do Altered Carbon because the show is pretty sick, and I think the book would be that altered. It's a Netflix show, on like some such yeah. Kind of stuff.
1: I I heard about that. I need to I need to actually watch it because I've heard nothing but good things. But yeah, uh, yeah Or you, or you could go classic and just read like uh, Lord of the Rings or something like that. You know, I've already. Uh, I, I'm not a, I'm you. not a big
2: book rereader. I know some people are. I've never the only ones I've reread is Harry Potter, but that's because like that was my book growing up.
1: Hey, that's been my movie uh, selection every night uh, lately when I, when, you know, whenever I get high and pass out, I just watch Harry Potter. It's it, just what fall do you, asleep to what it. What do you
2: think of it looking back on it? I haven't actually rewatched the series, like, because I, like, does well, it still hold
1: uh, he, out? Well, uh, yeah, well, here's the thing for me, right? I didn't grow, I didn't read it growing up. I used to be like a hardcore Tolkien whore. Yeah. And so I was like, man, <laughs> fuck Harry Potter. Because I was <laughs> young, right? I didn't read the books and watch the movies until I was 30. So yeah. like two years ago. And I'm like, Man, this is a pretty good perspective because, uh, you know, when you get to the Order of the Phoenix, you realize, like, yo, these people are terrorists. But, Absolutely. you know, they're still good guys. The book is actually terrorists.
2: like, like – it's really like – think it's like a kid's – and it is a kid's book. But, like, the books are really well done. And the movies
0: yeah. all, as well. I've like, never read the books or watched the movies. And I intend to probably do both at some you can, point. You can probably get to the first three books in fucking, they're, like, two days. And John Romano yeah. talked about this on a podcast I listened to him on. I thought it was really poignant. He talks about the how important it is to be aware of and know about what's relevant in terms of pop culture, culturally. And there's very little that are, is as pervasive in modern pop culture as things like Star Wars or Harry Potter. And even as he makes this point, as fitness professionals, if we don't know much about this stuff, we're missing out on an opportunity to be able to relate to discuss with the people that we're trading. If, if we're immersed in only fitness stuff and we just simply don't know anything else about the world, you're missing out on an important p- place to develop relationships with the people who are coming to see you because a lot of the time, well, exactly. It's, it's, and and the, I mean, honestly, how many more, like
1: how many more, um, how many more things do you need to see on like out of fucking perform, a um, uh, like like a dumbbell row and, and stuff <laughs> like that i mean y- you know like there's a lot of good stuff out there but i mean most people can probably get by with um you know reading the science and practice of strength training a couple times because it's like literally like one of the best books like in the world you know on on the subject and then read that read super training and then you're, you're you're probably like better than most if you if you plan on doing this as a profession
0: you know
2: when if you want a trainer, you want someone who's not, who like kind of isn't a fucking big nerd. Well, maybe that's not true. Maybe some people want nerds.
0: People are going to gravitate to who that they, who resonates with them. And it kind of goes to, you know, you mentioned Robbie Farlow and our podcast with him. Robbie's a huge nerd, and that's part of his brand and image. And then a lot of people who are really interested in nerd type stuff, video games, comic books, the classical stuff like that, chances are they may gravitate to a guy like Robbie who they relate to or a Mark Fisher who's really kind of out there and, and goofy and fun versus maybe a, you mentioned Dave Tate, you know, like an old school powerlifter type. And in the end, whatever gets people who otherwise don't feel comfortable accessing the fitness industry, maybe they don't think that men's physique guys are what they relate to, but these are people you still want to get them off the couch. If you have something that you know about that you're passionate about that relates to those people, that's a great way to serve those people that's what i'm getting exactly
1: and, and 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 like uh you know uh, a lot of people come to roman because they like his his music taste right and stuff Grand like dude. that and that's where a lot of his people yeah like i can't fucking stand that shit i that's, make fun that, of him for it all the time shit is terrible but, i don't get it but uh when it came time to sign up for his business coaching i did it because he plays D and he knows yeah. about game of thrones which is my shit like because exactly. I played D D growing up, and you know I fucking like Game of Thrones too. And I wish I was like D D growing up. Like,
2: I I loved it because like all of that shit's fun now. And I was like, again, MMOs are big, so I guess that is kind of D D. <clears throat> it's based on the, totally it's predicated is. on it. But yeah, like we well, started let's playing. not bo- get Chris, not even close. Well, not even close because like but- I said, the social aspect is whatever. It's like it's like the internet. But like I got together with my boys who all gamed growing up, and we started doing game nights. Everyone was like, "Why have we fucking done this for years? Like, you can drink, you can do whatever, you can fucking everyone's in the same room. It's not the same as when you're online." Peter probably does it high. That uh, uh, actually, actually no, hard. I uh, I, I I
1: am completely sober during Dungeons and Dragons games and
0: and all that because Serious I want to like
1: have pure focus on. <laughs> yeah,
0: it. Yeah, you know? want to you want to win, Andrew. So you don't want to go all Leroy Boy. Jenkins because <laughs> you you're fucking. Well, it's stall. not.
1: It's that's not really a win or lose type game, but I mean, you can't die, you know fuck up on playing your
0: character
2: <laughs> i was thinking about Catan. even like Catan, all my friends get like oh, i shouldn't say what they do my friends get <laughs> on a different level and they're like why aren't you partaking i'm like well i <laughs> i'm here to win i don't know about you guys i'm gonna drink my diet coke and i'm gonna win and then i have my 50 50 player but that's just because i'm smart i don't know but yeah
1: that's that's basically it you're like yeah i want to i want to play the game and yeah. i want to enjoy it
2: that's all i need to that that's what i'm gonna get drunk on gaming
0: <laughs> what the fuck? i like that getting drunk on game yeah getting drunk on nerd shit well, you've given us about like five different great titles for this one i think yeah. i've settled on one peter this was awesome it's actually nice when we're not rushed for time we're gonna sit down and record jordan site now in probably a little bit and by the time people are listening to this the jordan site episode will be out so you guys can you know, if you're a fan of Peter's and you really like what you saw here, maybe you'll bounce off to that one or one of the other people. Probably Robbie would be the most. Robbie Farlow would be, would be the most
2: same-ish kind of content. Uh,
0: yeah. Or you could skip forward did and, like, Spencer did Well, like, Robbie movie.
2: was, like, very laid back and we kind of just shot the shit. Well, like, I mean, do we even get it to our questions. We did. But it was a very similar style of podcast, I would say.
0: Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I'm down. Dude, you've been fantastic. I really hope, guys, you follow. I, and if you are someone who that the the book, uh, what's what r- remind us of the title of the book because it's basically on pre sale right now.
1: Uh, well, it's not, but it will. We're gonna launch it like um. Well, it'll it'll be up for sale by the time this episode goes out. It Good. is called the Complete Contest Prep Guide. Nice. Good guys. And look good I mean, that. if you if you follow Lane or me, uh, you know, and I can even give you guys a link to throw in the the thing too as well. We will for uh, sure for for iTunes, and uh, you know, you, they'll be able to find it.
0: Nice, beautiful. Yeah, guys, don't follow Peter seriously. Uh, thanks for sticking around, enjoying this one. This was really fun. Uh, this <laughs> is one of the more laid back and enjoyable ones that we've. Uh, we've I've recorded. had too many
2: coffees this morning, so if I seem energized, it's just too much. Coffee. <laughs> I I had my uh,
1: daily Java Monster already. It was great.
0: Andrew's drinking a Monster too. Sorry, I don't know if you want people to know. It. No, that's fine. Okay. I, I just wish they we could get bang energy into Canada. I know that uh, our friend and uh, Dean's boss, Landon, they snuck some uh, bang across the border when they came back from Seattle. and They said they saved me one. I bet it's long gone, but we'll see. Speaking of that, how far are you guys from Seattle? Uh, we're what about 15...
2: It's all of Vancouver like seventeen hours. It's 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 easy to get to. Like yeah. It's a quick drive. flight. It's a really quick flight. Yeah. And I drive to because Vancouver. Because
0: I'm gonna be I'm gonna be up there like
1: all of May.
2: Oh, I'm thinking no. <laughs> oh,
0: all of May? I'm actually in Vancouver. But I, I'm doing a seminar in Vancouver, so anyways. If like by some fucked up chance you actually do manage to get up here in the second half of May, because we're all gonna be down in Kansas City in the early part. Uh, you know, we could probably cobble together Dean Somerset and all of us and a few of our other friends and, and get together for some dinner, or workout, or whatever. So, if it just so happens to work out, well, fuck it, and maybe you can get Brian Crown to come up for the for the day or two.
1: <laughs> Good luck on that. All
0: right, Peter, Appreciate I'm gonna you. I'm gonna
2: end this and then peace out, guys.
1: Shut up and sit down. Sit down.